Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Welcome to the WVS Podcast, brought to you by WeddingVideographySchool.com, your online resource for building a wedding videography business from start to finish. And now, here's your host, Michael Lee Ring. Hey everyone, this is Michael with Wedding Videography School. You're listening to the WVS Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. This week we have Dustin Stelly of Stelly Weddings in Denver on, and he's going to be talking about long form films. We're kind of we're going to be discussing these longer feature films that you know if you if you desire you can you can offer these to your clients. Uh, I know for me personally, I'm a big fan of you know, eight to ten minute films. Um, but Dustin, Dustin here is a master of of the long form style. So we're going to be asking him all sorts of questions, and we got a great interview in store for you. Um, but before we get to that, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you head over to iTunes and leave us a rating. Uh, give us a little review if you have time. This helps us get our podcast out to more people and really helps us foster a community uh, between wedding videographers out there and also motivates us to keep keep making the podcast, keep uh, bringing interesting interviews and articles to you through Wedding Videography School. So if you wouldn't mind hitting up iTunes and just leaving us a, a review and a little rating, that would be fantastic. And with that, I want to get right to our interview today with Dustin. Hey, Dustin, good to have you on the show today, buddy. Um, Pretty excited that you took the time to talk to us, and definitely, definitely grateful to you for that. Yeah, I'm uh, glad. I'm glad to do it. Thanks. Yeah, perfect. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business, um, what you specialize in, and and how you got started shooting wedding videos. Sure. All right. That's kind of a that's a lot. So I'm uh, my name is Dustin uh, Dustin Stelly. My company is called Stelly Weddings because. You know, I'm real modest, so named it after myself. <laughs> uh, now, the real reason behind that, honestly, was just that um, I kind of wanted to be known as like a boutique guy. Like, you have to hire this guy instead of like a big company because, uh, you know, at the time I, you know, when I started doing this, I was working for another company and they, um, you know, they're, they're, they were called The Wedding Theater, right? They didn't want anyone's name attached to it because they wanted to be able to do two or three weddings in a day and that it kind of ended up never happening um but i just you know i looked at long term what i wanted to do and i thought well i'm never going to want to send out other people uh you know to go represent me i'm I'm not going to do like the bulk you know 80 weddings a year and stuff like i did when i first started when you know that that that, the first year i did wedding videography i want to say we did like 80 weddings i mean it was and it, it was, it, you start to realize there's like a diminishing return where 
you're not making any more profit because you're just having so much more overhead and you're also having worse quality. So, I mean, it, for me, it felt like a lose-lose. And, you know, I, I know there's other people who have figured out how to make a really successful business out of that, but it's not really what I wanted. Um, so I guess my background is uh, I am from Texas originally. Uh, I grew up in Houston and went to college in Texas State, which is about half an hour south of uh, Austin. And toward the end of, or I guess the the fall semester of my senior year in college, one of my professors uh, was talking about, you know, some of the things that we had learned. Uh, I was a mass mass communication electronic media major, and we spent a lot of time in uh, like a TV news uh, room and stuff. And uh, you know, when I chose that major, they described it as like anything creative. You can work in TV and films and. Uh, do all kinds of camera work and stuff. And, and really what it kind of came down to is like 90% of what we were doing was journalism. I mean, they were training us to work like at a local news station. We were doing local news stories about, the, you know, the new parking lot uh, on campus and whatever. And it was super not what I was interested in, but he kind of started going over, here's some of the things that you may be able to transition this skill set into. And he mentioned that he had a student doing weddings and uh, I was like, kind of like just a light bulb went off over my head. And I was like, whoa, wedding videography. I think, I think that could be something I would be into. I was chronically single in college. And so I was watching a lot of romantic comedies. And I, you know, I felt like a hopeless romantic. Um, <laughs> of course, now that I'm married, I, I don't feel the same way at all. Because, you know, something about finally finding the love of your life, you calm down with some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but sure. uh, at the time I was like, Oh man, I want to go to weddings. They're so beautiful and it's going to be so much fun. And, you know, I think I could be, I, I could express my creativity and, you know, it, just, it was just something I was really interested in. So I got in touch with the guy that was former student and, um, took on an internship, which, uh, turned into a full-time job for a couple of two or three years before I kind of left and started my own company. Uh, I started that in 2011 in November, November 17th, 2011, I, I started Stelly Weddings LLC. And uh, after a couple of two or three years, decided to relocate to Colorado. And I've been kind of trying to uh, trying to rebuild my company ever since. Okay, so so um, what what was it about? I mean, you kind of you kind of talked a bit a little bit about it, but is it is it that Dustin has like a are you just a big softie at, at heart or? Yeah. Well, you know, there's when you're in college, especially if you don't know what you want to do, you know, you kind of go into it as a freshman um, and you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to be here for like four or five years. And then like when that fourth or fifth year comes up, if you don't know what you want to do, you start going to, you spend a lot, a lot of time thinking about it, especially every time you're around your parents and their friends or your grandparents or like pretty much anyone over 30 years old when they meet a college kid because you don't have anything else to talk about they're gonna go so what do you want to do after school so you get asked that question all the time you're thinking about it constantly um so yeah you know you start thinking about what do you want out of life and uh what kind of careers do you think you're going to be able to um kind of meet that criteria and for me i mean i never felt like i wanted to make a fortune right you know, I wasn't a business major. I don't want to work at a bank. And, you know, I, I didn't think that that was kind of the life. You know, I know I'm a middle class guy. I'm always going to be. Um, but what, what did matter to me is, like, I always wanted to kind of be in charge. Uh, I wanted somewhat flexible hours. Um, and and this is 
this is kind of the craziest part to be thinking of, especially at that you know point in my life. But I always kind of felt like I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad. And I thought, you know, what, what kind of a job can I do where for most of the time I can work at home? So I'm always thinking of that. And then when I started finding out about like what this job entails, you know, you go out of the house really on Saturdays. Uh, and then all the rest of the time, you know, I, I my office is uh, three feet from my bedroom. So it was kind of like exactly kind of wanted what I wanted out of a career. But I also knew I had to have a career in something that was creative. Because uh, if I if my if my brain isn't isn't wrapped up, you know, in creativity, I drive myself crazy. You know, I've had I've had kind of mindless jobs, you know, fast food and and waiting and stuff like that when I was younger. And I mean, I to, to me to go wait tables for eight hours. That's another way of saying, well, for eight hours, I wrote a screenplay in my head while I was handing out pancakes because you know what I mean? So I, I knew I needed a career that could kind of engage me mentally. And, you know, uh, this work constantly throws challenges in your way uh, and, co and constantly uh, uh, forces you to have to come up with a creative solution. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you said, you know, that you're talking about the lifestyle that, that having this job allows you to lead. And, you know, for me, I know that, you know, my wife and I are about to have our first kid. And so congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And so yeah, I found out uh, yesterday, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know you were expecting Dustin and I are, are really good friends. We're, we're obviously really close. Cause <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So like having the flexibility um, is definitely one of the, the main reasons why I actually like this job. And of course, working for yourself is, is definitely one of, to me, um, and to a lot of other videographers out there, one of the most satisfying, uh, things that you can do. Um, yeah. so, so let's talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. All right. Um, and we're in a minute, we're going to talk about, um, your approach to shooting wedding films, um, the, the kind of the more long form style, uh, but first, I, I just want to ask you to describe uh, one good positive experience you've had as a videographer and then describe uh, a, a bad one. Just want a, uh, an anecdote, huh? I mean, to me, the best thing that happens um, for me is, and it's probably because of my ego, but uh, the best thing, the best part of the job for me is when I'm finally finished with the video and I get it online, you know, and I, I, I email the link to the client and, you know, I'm, I'm like uh, shaking and I'm, I'm nervous and I'm sweating bullets. Gosh, I hope they like it or whatever. And if they come back, you know, and they're just, oh my God, we love it. We're so glad we hired you. This is so much better than I expected. You know, that to me is like all the validation in the world. So no matter how hard it was or how many months or, you know, weeks or whatever I spent on it, you know, that's what makes it all worth it for me. Um, I know a lot of other uh, people might have a cheesier answer like, well, I just love the first time the bride sees the groom. Or, no, no. I love when I get the credit for being awesome at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, they're, they're, you know, it, 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 that's not like the most uh, uh, positive answer, but it's the truthful answer. I, I like the credit for, for my for my work. Um, so that, you know, that's what, that's kind of what makes me keep doing it. I love that rush of like I created something and somebody loves it. 
Yeah. It makes me feel yeah. good about myself. It gives me validation that what I'm doing is, you know, worthwhile. Absolutely. Uh, um, so, so tell me one of the, one of the bad or ugly kind of experiences that you've had. Uh, just every single other part of the job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, um, I had two clients that I had similarly negative experiences with. Um, and they happened almost at the same time, which is really odd because, you know, uh, so it was, it was, uh, the end of, uh, 2014, um, right, right, right. You know, as we were coming up in November, December, uh, two separate clients with almost the exact same thing happened. They called me, their wedding is in, you know, five or six days or something. And they wanted to hire a videographer. Uh, and I think one of them, they, they thought they had another videographer and dropped out. And then the other wedding, they, they, they had only been engaged for like six weeks. They threw the wedding together really, really, really fast. Uh, and at that point I was done shooting for the year. You know, I was in, uh, editing mode and catch up mode. And, uh, so my, my first, in both cases, my first reaction was, I'm sorry, I'm not really available. I mean, you know, technically I have that date open, but the thing is, you know, I've kind of already done all the work I'm going to do for my season. Um, and you know, if I were to, to, to take this, I mean, it would be a minimum like six months before I even start editing on it. And so, uh, they both go, well, but look, no one else is available, really like your work. And we're super not in a hurry. We totally understand. So, you know, we'd really, you know, we're willing to, you know, wait, we understand because this is very last minute for us. Uh, you know, and, and literally almost the exact same conversation with both clients. And both of those turned out to be huge mistakes um, because as much as they said they understood and they agreed to it, you know, when when a couple of months came up, they both wanted their video right away. You know, the the the, the, the one of them, you know, it was it was um, five. You know, I told her it'd be a minimum six months before I could even start on it. Five months into it, she's calling me a scam artist and did you just take my money and leave town? I. <laughs> I've talked to other people that I know that are in the industry and this is absurd. And I, you know, I don't, I need some kind of proof that you're doing, you know, I mean, and this client, one email, I was the greatest human being on the face of the earth. And the next email I was Hitler and it was back and forth like that. Like she was either extremely happy or, uh, extremely angry in every email. I mean, it was all over the map and she just like was so upset about how long it was taking. It was like this, the thing that I exactly said was going to happen is the thing that's happening right now. Um, and then with the other client, that one was even weirder because, you know, they had completely paid before the wedding. So it's not like there's another, you know, 50% or something due at the end, but they completely paid. I edit all of their film and I can't get in touch with them at all for like nine months, 10 months or so. I mean, I, I, I called this guy at work. I left voicemail on his work phone. I left voicemail on his cell phone. Uh, I messaged him on Facebook. I emailed, you know, constantly trying to get in touch with them and they would not get in touch with me. And after like, you know, nine months or something, uh, he's like, he finally gets back in touch with me and he wants it done right away. And I'm like, well, you know, I did as much as I could like nine months ago. And now I'm at a point where, um, you know, there was a couple of things that like I needed, you know, to ask, you know, hey, what kind of music do you want me to use here and stuff like that? Um, and, and I needed those answers. And then 
you know, I needed that stuff to be able to complete it basically. And, uh, he dragged his feet. And then when he finally got touched with me, he wanted it done right away, you know, and I had other things going on. So, you know, it went on for another month or so. And when it was all over, he wanted me to start giving him a refund. He wanted me to give him like a bunch of free, uh, you know, extra stuff. And because it was my fault that it took so long. And I'm like, no, no, you ignored me like hardcore for like almost a year. I couldn't get in touch with you. It's not my fault. And that got really ugly. And so, you know, going forward, like, I'm just going to say I'm not available when I'm not available. I'm never going to make that. Well, I understand you can't hire anybody else. And if you're willing to wait, you know, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to agree to that again, because even if they say when, when they are desperate and they're trying to hire somebody in a hurry, they say they're fine with it. um, People, I think maybe really do want to see their wedding videos a lot faster. (laughs) That was, that, that was a, that was a tough experience. Sure. And I think it's easy for us to say, oh, well, it'd be nice to have, uh, you know, that couple, you know, those those couple extra thousand dollars or whatever it is, you know. Right. Um, it's always tempting to book uh, more more than you can. Right. E- exactly. Absolutely. That, I, you I know definitely what, that... felt the same thing from time to time, that temptation to to book, even when I know uh, this may not be the right client or. You know, I don't really need this, so does it make sense? And usually when you're questioning yourself like that, it's probably best to not do it. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I'll tell you, when I I started my business in Austin, and I I probably took it for granted at the time, it was – there's a ton of work down there. Uh, I never, ever had a hard time booking. I could have booked four times as much, you know, as I needed to uh, if I wanted to. And so I was able to be pretty picky and it kind of got to where I, you know, I had kind of a checkoff list of, of red flags and, and things If they didn't say the, you know, the right things I, you know, I could really kind of pick and choose, um, here I've been, um, uh, you know, because I'm kind of starting all over, you know, in my new market, I, I haven't quite been in Colorado two years yet. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've taken on a couple of projects here and there that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And, I mean, it definitely was a reminder of why I don't do uh, those things. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's talk about um, the the your style of film that you shoot. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are doing the four to five minute videos. I know I tend to stay like my favorite length for me personally is just like seven to eight minutes. I feel like I really excel at that length of Mm -hmm. video um but i know that you got you do longer films so what's um what what are the length what's like the average length of one of your videos and um what's your approach to shooting and how would you define your style right so um so the way i've kind of set up all of my 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 packages have a long film and a short film and uh so you know like the the package that the most uh, most people end up with is an hour-long film with a five-minute film. And so, you know, the, the thought behind that is the hour-long film is what, uh, you know, you're going to watch it maybe once a year uh, on your anniversary. You know, your your parents are going to want to see it. Your immediate family is going to want to see it. And 20 years from now, your children are going to want to watch it. Um, you know, in that long film, it's, it's, uh, it's meant to make you feel like you went to the wedding. You know, like if you sit down and watch the whole thing, ideally, there isn't a major event that's not there. There isn't 
a memory that isn't there. Every detail is there. We got hopefully at least one shot of every single guest that's there. We got, you know, a lot of footage of your bridal party and, uh, and it's full. And then the, you know, the highlight film, the, the five minute film is, is sort of like what everybody's doing. You know, it's the ones that you see on Facebook. It's the one you're, you're going to share on social media and all of your friends are going to like it and say, you know, how wonderful it is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's five minutes. So it's not, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, people are actually willing to watch it. You know, if you have an hour long wedding film, it may be the most important thing you own to you, but most of your friends are not going to want to watch it. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, I realize more and more people are only doing the short film or they'll do a short film and a cut of the ceremony. Um, and I, you know, when I started the way the long form hour long videos, two hour long videos that I'm doing, you know, uh, everybody was kind of doing that where I was. So I, it didn't occur to me to just do the short film. You know, I always think, what would I want if it was my wedding or if I was a client or whatever. And, you know, when I go through all of the hours of footage and stuff, I don't ever see stuff and go, oh, this isn't going to be important to them. Right. I, I mean, I look at every single shot that I got from any of my cameras and I think, oh, they're going to want to see this. And so, you know, the kind of that, that's where that long form uh, comes from. But it definitely, um, you know, it definitely changes my, my shooting style and some of my priorities versus some of the other guys that, that just do short films. Um, and so, you know, when, when I first started, everything I wanted to, everything I was focused on was how can I get the most creative shot? How can I get something nobody's ever seen? How can I do something that, you know, this one four seconds of video, people are going to see it and go, whoa, or whatever, you know. And then uh, after years of experience, uh, you know, you get that client that's like, well, wow, I mean, you didn't get a shot of, you know, my my husband's, my groom's face when I was walking down the aisle. Or you didn't, you know, you, you didn't get a shot of this person laughing during the toast. Or, you, you know, we had this awesome um you know, sign hung on the back of our chairs that said, Mr. And Mrs. And my mom made that sign and you don't even have a shot of that. So, um, you know, now my priority, uh, you know, while I'm shooting is, you know, is coverage really is trying to make sure that there aren't any disasters. Whereas before I was more focused on getting something awesome. Now I'm focused on making sure I don't miss anything, making sure I don't ruin anything, making sure there's no disasters. Cause you know, the first couple of years when I was, you know, working in another company and stuff, every wedding, every single wedding, there would be some huge disaster that we had to work around. All right. They're like, there's, there's a, there's a consecutive 30 seconds in the middle of the ceremony where all of the cameras don't have a shot. Right. Cause all, you know, we're running three cameras and all three of us are trying to be creative. So we're all zooming at the same time. We're all panning at the same time or, you know, oh, somebody no. stood up and all of our cameras went over there and we didn't have the foresight to go, okay, keep one camera still. And we, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Because you have to, you know, you have to think about, um, like a continual shot, an uninterrupted coverage, you know, for example, during, um, during a first dance or something. So, you know, in my long hour long film, I'm offering a full live edit, 
Uh, and when I say live, I mean it's like real time. So if the dance was three minutes and 55 seconds, they're getting a piece of video that's three minutes and 55 seconds. So that means in that entire three minutes and 55 seconds, there has to always be at least one camera that has a usable shot. Whereas if you're just shooting for a highlight film, you can think about what shot you want, and then you can go in and then go get it. And if you take off 10 seconds in between or 15 seconds in between, or it doesn't matter, you're going to edit together to, you know, in kind of a montage later, or, you know, you have a, sh a shot of the uh, first dance and then it goes to a shot of the cake and then back to the first dance and then back to the cake. Like you're doing, you know, a multiple storyline kind of edit or whatever. Uh, and when, when you're thinking about long form, you can't have, there's just no room for errors like that. And for a while, every wedding, there was like, oh, here's 30 seconds where all three cameras are blown. How do we cover that? And so, you know, uh, I, I think of myself much more as, as like a kind of a director now. So if you watch uh, any wedding video at the very end or sometimes at the beginning, um, you know, the videographer will, will put their slug. They'll put, you know, their logo and, you know, whatever. And mine just say, I don't even put my logo. It just says directed by Dustin Selly. Because I really think of myself as a director because, um, you know, I don't actually think the most important thing I'm doing is, is the, the shooting and the work that I'm getting through my camera. To me, the most important thing that I'm doing is like being in charge of myself and my crew and working with, you know, the, the, the other vendors, the, the photographer and the DJ and the coordinator and kind of being a liaison between those people and my client and my, uh, assistant, you know, camera operators and making sure that everything gets put onto a memory card. So when I get back to the computer later, I don't have any problems to try to cover up. And so, you know, the good thing about the way the timeline of my career worked out is, you know, those, those early years where all I cared about was getting the, the best shot I can get. And I wasn't really thinking as much about the final edit. You know, I wasn't thinking about continuity. Um, you know, in those days, you know, I got to learn how to move a camera, where to put a camera, where to point a camera, how to work with light and stuff. So that now, while I can be there and just be focused on the timeline and be focused on where does, you know, all the moving parts and where does everyone need to be standing? Where did my, you know, which camera needs to have which lens right now to make sure that we have the best coverage, or whatever. Uh, all of those, those skills that I learned in my early days are so second nature now. So I can focus on that other stuff and still, you know, when I get home, there's bunch of, bunch of super creative, you know, epic looking cinematic Hollywood shots in my footage because it's that, that part I don't have to think about that part comes natural now. So I'm able to kind of be on that next level of where now I'm thinking about the whole thing and and how to how to direct the whole thing into the right direction. Sure. And I mean, you really have to <clears throat> I think anytime you're shooting a wedding, you really have to be prepared for not what's happening right now, but what's going to happen in the next few minutes. You know, you always got to be one. Exactly. Step ahead. Um, you know, the, the the analogy I always think of is you know, I was not good at sports. I mean, not at all. Uh, I, I wanted to play football and we went to go sign up for some reason on the first day of practice. Like we were late and my, my, I had really bad asthma. My mom watched the first practice and she goes, Oh no, you're not doing this. So <laughs> not my little Dustin. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, being in PE and stuff and, you know, you're playing basketball or, uh, you're playing, you know, 
basically like like touch football and stuff and there were just certain kids right that were so athletic and it just seemed like wherever they were that's where the ball went right the ball just always happened to find them and you could feel the same way uh you know if you're just playing volleyball you know the guy who's really elite doesn't it just seem like the ball always goes to that guy and it that's not really what's happening what's happening is that guy is understanding the flow of the game he's anticipating the movements and that's kind of how i feel now um you know with my camera work there there things happen throughout the day uh and my other shooters will miss it completely uh you know they'll, they'll, they'll miss it by 10 seconds they'll miss it by 15 seconds and i'll have a perfect shot of it and you know i've had some some of my second shooters that'd be like how did you know to how did you know that was about to happen and it's like i don't know I've been to hundreds of weddings. I, I just knew, like I, I just, I just had this feeling that I needed to point the camera right there at that time. And it just starts to, it just starts to, after you've done it for a couple of years, it starts to feel like everything is, is almost like you, um, like you have the force and you can just see the next rock around, you know, in the, in that, that episode one on, on star Wars, whenever he's using the force to see the rock before he runs into it. You know, it, it kind of feels like that, right? I mean, do you do you feel that way? Well, you know, I'm not really a big Star Wars fan. I did see the oh last. My God. I saw the last one, but uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, when I first started out, it was I felt like I was constantly playing a guessing game, and now that I've exactly. shot over a hundred weddings, like I I know what's going to happen next. So there's not really too many surprises anymore. So I do think right. that um, part of that that and being able to like what you were saying anticipate what's going to happen next definitely just comes from experience and getting out there yeah. and and shooting a lot and um working with other videographers and it, that just all kind of comes naturally but it does take a lot of time it's not just something that you're going to figure out overnight right it just it just it just comes with experience so is there a formula that you follow for your films? Do you sort of know beforehand how you're going to start the video or where you're going to have sound bites and stuff like that? Or do you not really know until you sit down to edit? Well, so, so the big difference between, you know, the hour long film, you know, and the five minute film, uh, the hour long film is very, very chronological. So, you know, uh, if you've seen anybody's wedding films, you know, that are online, the five minute films, the seven minute films, whatever, you know, we may start with the beginning of the ceremony and then go to the first dance and then lead that into, you know, hair and makeup. And then the bride walks down the aisle and then they do vows and then they're to a toast. You know, I mean, it jumps all over the place with the long film. I mean, it, it's set up to be very chronological because the idea is, if you put it in and watch it, you feel like you went to the wedding. So throughout the day, you know, I just have to think, how am I going to start this part of the day? And, and then how am I going to transition from here into, you know, into the next kind of chapter? And then I do think of things in a chapter oriented way. So I think of it, you know, as the pre-ceremony chapter, which is, you know, anywhere between five and 15 minutes of, of highly edited, you know, footage, you know, um, and then I think of, uh, the ceremony, the cocktail hour, uh, you know, uh, the, I know the toast is a section, the dances are a section and the cake cutting is a section, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm able to think about it, um, 
as as almost like ten different films instead of instead of you know one. Uh, so throughout the day, you know, I kind of am just making decisions about this part right here. And then in the edit, you know, I try to make it go after I have my big chunks, I try to put them together pretty seamlessly and, you know, use the, the music time just right and stuff so that, uh, it feels like the film never stops. It feels, you know, kind of nonstop. Okay. And, and cool. Um, yeah. do you, do you have a particular workflow that you follow? Like, let's say you've shot the wedding. Uh, you get home, what do you do next? Um, I would imagine that you're probably archiving or backing stuff up immediately. Um, outside of that, is there anything in particular that you like to do as, as far as your workflow is concerned? So I keep an archive of, of you know, everything kind of exactly the way it came out of the device. Um, and once I've got that all copied over, then I will get a second hard drive and do the exact same thing. So I have two copies of it. And then I keep one of those copies here in my office and one of the, the copies about 15 minutes away uh, at someone else's house. And the reason is, you know, if I'm ever robbed, if my house burns down, uh, you know, if whatever happens, there's always another copy of the footage at an offsite location. I know a lot of people will do a double backup in case their hard drive fails, but what if your two hard drives are sitting in the same desk and then your house burns down or somebody comes in and robs you and they grab the computers and they grab all the hard drives and they throw them in a box and they get out of there. So I, I keep one at a separate location. Um, and then when I'm ready to start working on a film, I transcode all of my footage onto a different hard drive. So by the time I'm actually working on a project, I have it in three different places. So it's, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty safe, uh, bet that I'm not going to, you know, lose the footage forever. It's, it's secure. Um, and then, uh, you know, I spend maybe three weeks or so on each wedding, probably spend about two weeks on the long film and about, you know, five or six days on the short film. Yeah. And so I was actually just going to ask you how long it takes you to edit one of these longer films. Yeah, I know. Uh, look, if I if I had, you know, kind of like the ability that, you know, when I first started, when it was really new to me, I could sit down in front of the computer and edit for like 15 hours, maybe taking a break to eat a sandwich a couple times, you know, but that, you know, basically I could just go nonstop. I was infatuated with editing. I loved the process of it. I, you know, I was constantly getting better, constantly learning new things. It was really challenging, but you know, I've been doing it six years now. So, um, every couple hours I want to go, you know, uh, watch TV for half an hour or something, or, or I'm going to go to the grocery store or, you know, just do anything besides editing. So, you know, back when I started realistically, if I was in a tight deadline or if I, you know, just had to get something done, you know, that, that long film, I could probably do it in two days, more like four, but most of the time I spend two weeks on it, you know, because I'm just, I'm also running a business. I'm also trying to have some web presence. I'm also emailing with, you know, uh, new inquiries. I'm, you know, I'm also trying to, uh, network with Michael ring and, you know, and I'm doing podcasts, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> it's a whole business. It's not, you know, the actual videography part of our job is, I mean, what do you think? Like maybe half of our job is the actual doing shooting and, and editing, right? Yeah. You know, I, I guess I don't know exactly 
you know, what the the length of time that I spend doing stuff is. But I mean, I feel like I've definitely brought my my actual work time on the video side down. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you start having to to keep your own records in terms of like, you know, money coming in, money going out, uh, keeping your records right. for taxes, um, networking with people and responding to emails and inquiries that those little, those little things yeah. that kind of seem like from the outside, like they wouldn't take that long. They kind of do take a little bit of time. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll get an, e- you know, I'll, I'll I might sit down to reply to an email. Somebody asked me a couple questions and realize I just spent an hour writing this email. You know, there's, there's kind of the way we, we talk when we're just texting with our friends. Right. And then there's the way you talk to a client and that involves using capital letters and commas and periods (laughs) and the proper grammar, you know? And so, uh, you know, well thought out sentence structure and stuff. So yeah, I mean, you know, uh, sometimes someone will ask me, they'll do six questions in a bullet point. And before I've responded to them, I've spent an hour and I have 2,000 words. So, um, you know, and one of the things you can do to make that a little bit less of a time-consuming thing is to get people on the phone because, you know, a 20-minute phone conversation is probably the same as, like, you know, uh, a 30-page a, a essay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can definitely get a lot more across a little bit quicker on the phone. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Is it is it harder, you think, to make a video that's longer than your typical five to ten minute wedding video? I mean, um, what, I guess, I mean... like, my, my thought is, okay, I do the length of videos that I do because I feel like that's where I'm good at. Or that's where I excel and that's where my talent lies. But um, the other part of me is like, well, maybe I feel like maybe there's not as many people doing the longer films. So maybe I would have more of an edge business wise if I did longer films. But it just seems like it would be so much harder and a lot more work. Um, is Am I wrong on that? Or? So, so the, so the, the thing about it, it's 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 more hours. It's it's definitely a lot more work, but at the same time, it's not as hard. So uh, I like being able to do both because the the tasks are so different. Um, you know, when I'm doing the long film, uh, it doesn't challenge me as much um, as far as creativity. You know, I just because of the fact that it's chronological. You know, it's so much easier to just go, well, this this clip comes next because, you know, this clip comes next or whatever. This part of the day comes next because that's how it really happened. So, you know, I'm not spending as much time. um, It's not as polished, right, as a short film. It's not jumping all over. And so I can kind of just sit there and just work and work and work and work on it. Whereas with the short film... Like I literally will get to a point where I don't know what to do next. I'm watch, you know, and I'll watch it and I'll go, should I go to the vows? Should I do the the dance? Like, you know, I don't know what to do. And I don't know what's going to work. Is this song really working? Is it should I edit this song to go to this other part of the song or should I just go to a different song, you know? And so literally like sometimes with a short film, I'll just uh I'll just have to stop 
and like, you know, go watch a movie or something, you know, go, go, go to the gym or whatever, and then come back and like try again. Cause I just don't know. So with the short film, it's definitely more creatively draining, um, you know, and more challenging. Uh, whereas with the long film, you know, it's definitely more hours of just, just working and working and working. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. So when you're doing these longer edits, do you have to charge the client more than like your average video videographer out there doing like 10 minute videos? Everybody's prices are, are different. So I, I don't spend too much time kind of worrying about what other people are doing. Um, I, I will say, you know, I have seen and, and heard from, you know, somebody else, let's say, let's say I have a, um, you know, a package that's, that's, you know, $4,000 or something. Um, and that's like kind of my main package that most people book. You know, I've had other people come to me, well, this guy's only 3000 or this guy's only 2500 or whatever. But then when you look at the package side by side, it's like, well, you're getting, you know, like 400% more product from me. So, you know, in a sense, I, I guess, yeah, my, my packages probably could be cheaper if I was only doing short films. But to be honest with you, uh, you know, where I came from in Austin, what I was doing was pretty much the same thing everyone else was doing. And so since moving to Colorado, um, it's way different because almost everyone here kind of just does short films. Um, and I, you know, as far as pricing and stuff, I mean, look, where I was, I was getting ready to make a substantial increase in my prices anyway. Uh, and I had to not do that because I'm starting over in a new market. So uh, as far as pricing, I feel right now, my pricing is more reflection kind of of my strength in the marketplace and not necessarily uh it's not really based on how much work i'm doing uh i think my prices would be significantly higher <laughs> if i was charging them based on the amount of work i'm doing but i'm 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 kind of just doing you know what are the what's the i'm i'm looking at it from an economical way of what is the price i need to have to be able to ensure that i get enough jobs this year and hopefully, you know, when I'm more established in the future, that that can kind of, you know, improve for me. Yeah, and I th I think pricing is, it really depends on what market you're in. I mean, when we when we throw out these numbers, we're we're talking, um, some of you know, we're talking what we're experiencing at the current moment in Denver. Um, so it's pricing is going to vary based on where you're at in the country, right? And, I mean, you know, whether you're shooting destination weddings or if you're shooting in a tiny town in Wyoming, right. everything, it's going to be way different just depending on where you're at. Right. Well, I mean, we have a higher cost of living just just because, we're, you know, it's not it's not a, a cheap place to live, Denver. Right. So, um, yeah, I know there are definitely other people out there that do like eight hundred dollar wedding videos or whatever. You know, for for me, you know, like I said, my most popular package is like around four thousand uh, dollars. I it, so to people that don't do this, I know that's a, I know that's a lot, a lot of money, but it really is kind of just enough for me to be able to keep doing it. You know, at this point. So, what would you say them? You know, I and I guess this is kind of a loaded question since we are talking about. Uh, I guess in this example, Denver, the Denver market. But what is the market like for these longer videos? It's not good um, because I because a lot of people aren't doing it. Um, I, I don't think as many clients are looking for it. 
you know, um, when I was in, in, in Texas, I, every client kind of expected that and wanted that. And here, um, people kind of, they only are looking for the short film a lot of time. And so, uh, it's kind of on me to like educate people, you know, clients and let them know, like, this is what I do. That's different than what other people are doing. And if you're interested in that, you know, kind of, that's what I'm here for. And, uh, I know not everyone wants that. I know there are a lot of clients that they just want the short film because they just think, Oh, I'm never going to watch that long one or whatever. And I think they're wrong, but you know, um, I, I think people watch it more than they think they will. And I think that people, um, will value the long film so, so much longer down, down the line. I mean, could you imagine if your parents had a video of their wedding and you could watch that right now? That was like an hour that showed, you know, everything from the hair and makeup all the way through the send off and, you know, didn't leave any details out and you felt like you could go to your parents' wedding. I mean, I would love that if I could do that, you know? Um, and, and to me, the long film does, does that, uh, a little bit better than, than the short film. But as far as, you know, how, what, what, you know, are people looking for that? I mean, some, some people are looking for that and hopefully they'll find me when they're searching for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I think, I think it really depends. I, I don't think you can be a jack of all trades. I don't think you should, um, just try to shoot every wedding for every client. I think you, right. you have to have an ideal client. You have to have an ideal um, you know, target market. And so right. whether you, whether that's shooting long form stuff or something shorter, then I think you just have to make up your mind. So I, I don't right. think there's a right or wrong. It, it's definitely not a right or wrong sort of scenario. It's just whatever suits you best and whatever the market will bear where you're at. Well, I think with any business, you know, you can take one of two approaches. You can either kind of look at, you know, what, what do most clients want and then mold yourself after that. Or the other option, kind of what I feel like I'm doing is going, what do I want to do? What would I want if I was the client? What is, what's the way that I, what's the type of work that I, that I'm passionate about doing and put that out there and do the best that I can do at what I, at what I do and hope that the people that want that find me. And so, you know, what ends up happening if you take that approach is it's, it takes longer to get your, um, you get to get your name out there. It, it, you know, it takes longer to kind of brand yourself and, and, and build up your clientele. But when you get there, you know, you realize, uh, you're working for the perfect clients for you. You fit together really well. You know, in the last year I've done a lot, a lot of second shooting. I've, kind of reached out to every videographer I can find and, and let them know, like, I'm really interested in second shooting. Um, and so I've gotten to work with a lot of different people. And what I've found is that like different videographers have different kind of clients. You know, there's some guy, you know, one guy I go work with, all of his clients are a certain kind of way. Another guy I work with all the time, he has a, a, a certain client that thinks a certain way, wants a certain thing, you know, their weddings have the same kind of feel or whatever. And I realized like, those aren't like my clients. Like my clients are like this and, and, and they, they find me and we work really well together. Does that, does that kind of make sense? I mean, do, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel that, 
there's a certain kind of client that works really well with what you do. And there's other clients that are like, eh, that's not really, that didn't really kind of mesh with me. Yeah, I definitely, you know, and I've kind of identified my ideal client, um, you know, within my own business. And that's kind of come with experience, you know. At first, I was just taking on anybody that I could. Um, and as I've right. grown my business, I don't do that anymore. I, you know, when I consult with people for the first time and I'm talking to a new couple for the first time, it's it's a it's an interview not only for them to see if they want to hire me, but for me to see if I want to work with them. Right. Um, and so, but over time, yeah, you kind of figure out who those people are and you can recognize them from a mile away. And when you start working with the kind of people that you want to work with, those people are going to tell their friends about you and their friends typically are kind of similar to them. Um, so, exactly. You know, you're going to kind of over time, if you play your cards right, you're going to kind of get your ideal client by only working with those people who meet your criteria. Right. And and, and for anyone listening, if it sounds like, um, you know, like we're saying, hey, we just want to pick our best clients. It's in the client's interest also to to work with the videographer that you know what I mean, where it's a two way street, like the best client, my ideal client thinks that I'm for me, I'm their ideal videographer. Does that make so it's, it's a two way street. It's not like I'm just sitting here going like, Oh, I only want the easiest people or whatever. Cause you know, I, you know, I don't want to work too hard or anything. It's not that at all. It's that you want to find the best fit. Right. That, that does benefit them too. I mean, if I know that, my style isn't going to satisfy a particular client and I know that it's actually worse for me to just go ahead and shoot their wedding when I know that maybe Dustin who shoots long form is going to do a better job at shooting a longer video than I am Um, so it is you're right it is in their best interest Um, so we're kind of wrapping up this we're we're going on an hour here so I want to kind of wrap things up for everybody out there but what advice do you have um, for long form editors out there and I I guess this you know you could say what advice do you have for for any videographer out there I guess but um, you know we're talking about long form films today so I feel like yeah what what advice would you have for for people out there uh, oh, let's see. Well, for one thing, get the right second shooters. Um, you know, be prepared, get, have what you need to make sure you get the job done. I know a lot of people, like, especially when they're starting out, um, you know, there's a lot of ways you can cut corners. You only have, you know, maybe you don't have enough right audio equipment or you don't really have enough lenses to get the job done. Um, or, you know, you have one of every kind of lens, but, Really, you need like two or three if you're going to constantly run three cameras. The other thing is get the right shooters. Be willing to pay for the right help. Um, you know, because when you when you have people on your team that you know you can count on them, it takes so much pressure off of you. Um, and so I know um, it's really tempting to to try to kind of save a buck here and there, finding a you know a younger shooter or somebody that you know doesn't have as much experience and stuff because you go what's well, fine i know what i'm doing i'll get all the good stuff they're kind of just there to help with 
you know, moving a bag here and there, or whatever. Like, no, it, when you're doing a long form film, you need to know that all three cameras are going to have as uh, are going to have usable footage. You're going to need to know that, you know, your your uh, your camera that's on the bride looks as good as your camera that's on the groom, and the camera that's in the back of the room looks just as good. Um, uh, and you know, and it's. <sighs> Unfortunately, I think it just comes from experience, you know, being able to make sure that you have the continuity to keep a project going. Um, and then you're going to just be prepared for for obstacles that you have to come up with creative solutions to work around, um, you know, and, and trying to figure out what tools are. You know, there's there's, you know, for example, let's say I want to do a real like lifetime edit of of um, of uh, cake cutting or something. And then you realize like, well, there's, there's 40 seconds in the middle where nothing's happening. And then there's like 20 seconds over here where the, uh, the coordinators kind of like all up in the way, telling them how to hold the knife and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, okay, well maybe this actually should kind of be more of a montage and like experience editing, being able to seamlessly kind of go back and forth from like those real time sections and then into the more montagey stuff and like being able to blend those in a way that um, kind of seems seamless. I mean, my, my thought behind a long film is you want your client to never feel the urge to pick up the remote control and fast forward, right? If they start feeling like they're, they're constantly going, eh, it's enough of this, let's fast forward, then you've kind of failed. So, you know, for me, what, with an hour long film, I like to think that the person watching it for an hour, it, their attention is held. I mean, unless look, if a, if a 15 minute toast is boring, I can't really do anything about that. <laughs> I mean, that's not really on me if the guy's not a good speaker, but you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yeah. We all get but, those uh, bad toasts right. every once in a while. Yeah. But, but especially, you know, like those, the sections where it's the details and it's the hair and the makeup or whatever, if they feel like they're having to pick up the remote control, I've, I've failed at that. Man, I know we could talk for, for forever, basically. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show. We, we've got so much to talk about still. And today we're talking about long form, but you've got so much experience. I know that we can, we can easily have you back for a few more shows and, uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on the WVS podcast today. Sure, yeah, I'm glad to do it. And that was our interview with Dustin Stelly of Stelly Weddings. You can check him out at stellyweddings.com. See some of his work over there. Guys, thank you so much for listening today, and we'll catch you next time. Hey guys, this episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by photographers wearing wide brim hats. Uh, photographers wearing wide brim hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company and for good reason uh, they are clearly the most creative most unique uh, individuals out there and their photography is so creative i can't even begin to describe how creative it is that's how creative it is if you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home, or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed 
creatively. Um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event, make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that, they just got eight pictures. And maybe one of them is good. Probably not. But the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to call those photos later on and, you know, really, really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day um, that they stood in front of the videographer to get. And they're going to they're going to edit those down into something truly magical, probably um, probably just two eight by tens that you can put in the living room next to the closet door. So give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event.